0: My name is Will Burns. This is the IT Superheroes Podcast presented by Hill Country Tech Guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you for joining the IT Superheroes Podcast. Today we have uh, Cameron Robichaud. Mm-hmm. Did I get it right? Nice. All right. yeah, nailed it. Got it. Uh, so Cameron is not a Hill Country Tech Guy employee. He is uh, an acquaintance through one of the other folks that we uh, interviewed, uh, Diego Rosales, Or maybe better known as Diego de Fuego. Uh, so how do, how did uh, you come in contact with Diego, D- Diego rather?
1: So um, when I moved here, I moved to Austin back in June to pursue photography and videography career. And for some reason, I thought it was just, I was going to hit the ground running, you know, Mm -hmm. move to a new city, you know, get all these clients, get all this work. And it didn't work out too well. So I ended up having to go back into the restaurant industry, which is what I've been doing for probably like six years now, bartending Mm -hmm. and serving. And I met him at our job, um, Commodore Perry Estates. Gotcha. We clicked instantly. Cool. Two creatives. People. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And he said that that you guys were, were I guess, collaborating on projects, or yeah, we've done a, trying to figure out ways to do that.
1: We've done a photo shoot. Um, there's definitely going to be more in the future, and eventually, because he does do music, I would like to um, record a music video for him. Oh, okay, okay. Whenever he feels like he's ready and he wants to put a video yeah. into one of his audios, you know.
0: Yeah. So camera <laughs> photography is also videography. As
1: well, I dabble in the videography. Gotcha. So one thing, one of the biggest deciding factors is not only when he's ready, but when I'm ready, where I feel like I'm going to be mm-hmm. able to produce like a good visual for his music because he's got good stuff. He's yeah, you know, he he's does got really cool music, and, and he's I want to
0: yes, he's gotten head and shoulders better from his first album drop. Mm-hmm. So like the first one, I was like. That sounds pretty cool. I like that he's got some electronic music and, the, and then he's also including the trumpet. That was neat that was something I hadn't really heard before. but this for his latest album, like I shared that with my brothers and my friends and everybody's like, this guy's good. yeah it's really like cool. he's pretty legit <laughs> and like there's a noticeable difference in like the amount of time that he has spent I guess working on his craft. Um, because it's just, it's better than what it was. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you listen to most musicians, or especially mainstream musicians, like the first album that they release to the public is generally the best one, and then they tend to kind of cave to pressure from society or whatever. But it seems like Diego is, he is growing. It's fun to see someone growing um but yeah 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 so there's that um
1: that is a very hot take and it is very (laughs) accurate the music industry the freshman albums are always you know it's the passion and then you know let's say pretty controversial dude right now travis scott his first Mm -hmm. i think three projects were phenomenal and then you know it's debatable because a lot of people still like him but personally i feel like there is a a little bit of selling out here you know like what's happening let's say the weekend do you listen to the weekend at all
0: uh, i have listened to the weekend before so
1: in my opinion his first projects i don't know actually i feel like there's so many different ways to look at this it's just um it's subjective and i am kind of being a snob hey you, you're
0: allowed to be whatever you want yeah it's all right
1: it, it, the weekend, for instance, his in my opinion, his best album was Kissland. And ever since uh, Beauty Behind the Madness, anything after that has been very poppy mainstream. Mm, Obviously, mm. there's a lot of songs on these albums that are, you know, being, you know, back to the roots type thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's still like old influence in them. But for the most part, this man knows exactly what he's doing to be on the top 100 billboards for as long as he's been because it's been like two years straight this man has been on the top 100 it's crazy
0: yeah he seems like he's got stuff going on inside of his brain that's a little atypical and not just not not from an artist's perspective Mm -hmm. but didn't he get a bunch of plastic surgery because he was like he was a handsome guy before i think i plastic surgery Fucked his face up. So uh,
1: that wasn't actually real. That wasn't real. So oh, okay. another thing that I really admire about the weekend is the fact that I watched the whole like, do, you know, some small uh-huh. YouTube guy made a documentary. So did you watch the Super Bowl? Yeah. How he was all you know beaten up, and then there was pictures of him with the bandages uh-huh. on his face. Was that the Super Bowl with the bandages? Um.
0: Uh, yes. Okay. It was. Yeah. Feel, yeah you can just What's say
1: it. yeah. And then. There was the pictures of that crazy plastic surgery, you know, uh-huh. where he was looking like a Barbie, yeah, with the yeah crazy yeah, yeah. cheeks and, and stuff. I, I don't pay enough
0: attention. I was just like, "What did he do?" Yeah,
1: no, it, it's it wasn't real. But he he's not only making you know really really good music. He's putting visuals and storytelling and almost marketing himself as a person with all these like different visuals and different. Hmm things that he's doing, like that controversial stuff in place with albums. So for that one, that was After Hours?
0: I'm not sure.
1: Okay, so that was After Hours during that Super Bowl time. And then he just released one, Donna FM. And it's supposed to be like the rise and fall of an artist and how like Vegas and LA and all that stuff is, toxic and it's ruining artists and mm-hmm. you know with certain ways it always has you know so after hours is supposed to be like the life and this one that he just released is supposed to be like a purgatory phase hmm. which he hasn't released anything like this in a very long time it's a great album if you haven't really listened to it. it's really really good
0: yeah the, the only song that i've really listened to lately is, is the one that's been out on the, the top 100 and they play it on a regular basis couldn't tell you the name. Mm. I was hoping that when I was talking I'd be able to think of the name, yeah. but it, it didn't happen.
1: That's the thing, he's got so many on the uh-huh. one hundred and stuff. But um, this one's supposed to be Purgatory and then he's releasing another one that's gonna be like after life and it's supposed to be like life after death. Oh, and he's just telling different yeah. stories. Yeah. Through his music, but also through the visuals, the music videos, the, you know, crazy publicity stuff of like the plastic surgery. Uh-huh. He's just, he's an artist in more ways than just music.
0: So just double checking. You said that he faked it. He faked 100%. Faked it in a fake face. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. If you look at his new album cover, he's like an old man.
0: Oh. Like crazy makeup. He's got okay. the gray hair. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that's cool. What I need to do is start connecting my laptop to the TV so that I can actually can pull it up. look this stuff up. Be a yeah. good idea. For sure. Oh. Um, No, that's cool. So it sounds like you're pretty passionate about music as well.
1: Yeah. uh, Initially, that's what I thought I wanted to get into. I wanted to do something creative and artistic, but I think I was just young and worried about... Uh, How young? Uh, I've been I've thought about music for a very long time, but Mm -hmm. number one, unfortunately, I'm not musically talented. (laughs) I can't sing. I've never learned how to play an instrument. It's not too late, obviously. But and then number two, um, growing up in a small town like Saco, Maine. And then before that, Boise, Idaho. Saco, Maine, Maine and Idaho. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I can see why you moved to Austin.
1: Yeah. It was just there was no real opportunity there. You know, Maine had Boston, but there's not a big music scene coming out of Boston. either. Mm-hmm. It was just like fear of judgment and rejection as a kid, you know?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. I'm, I think we all deal with that. Mm-hmm. And every now and then you get somebody who for some reason or another doesn't have that and they're able to stand out. And Yeah. Uh, People like Diego. A, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. When I was in elementary, junior high, high school up until I was 21, I, I, I was mortified of what other people thought about me. And, yeah. and I was terrified of rejection. Mm-hmm. And I was so terrified of rejection. Like, I refused to try mm-hmm. to do really anything. I even, like, when I came to school, I didn't study. And it's like, if you set the bar so low, you won't fail. Then that's. Like th- it was good enough, like mm. whatever was good enough to get by is what I did. And then when I turned 21, and I guess these two aren't e- exactly correlated, but when I was 21, I lost most of my social anxiety that I had before because of drinking
1: alcohol, going out, and partying. And you, you know, yeah, yeah. Going,
0: I wasn't even going out and partying, I just what happened to be around people, and then. Like I didn't really drink until I was twenty-one, mm-hmm. and then I would get I would get drunk and I'd be like, nobody cares. Everybody's doing their own yeah. thing. And yeah. it, I mean, it took a few more years, and then after that, I was just like, it, it doesn't like I care about what people think, but I, I'm gonna be myself, and yeah. that's I don't know. Hopefully, I can instill in my kids—they're six and eight—to really be themselves from an early age, because I had to figure that out when, I guess, after, I don't know, like 21 to 23, and I've been working on it since then. So I've got a solid 10 to 15 years now at this point of figuring out who I am. And at th- 37, I was 38. Now I'm finally starting to be kind of comfortable in my own skin. Uh, and I imagine, like what you're talking about, to be – an artist and especially coming from you said Maine mm-hmm. and Idaho right yeah it seems like those are more rural areas where definitely it's just to be an artist it doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for growth and coming to Austin seems like you would surround yourself with a lot of like-minded people
1: yeah 100% um There obviously was a scene, you know, but Mm -hmm. it was so small and like you said, there wasn't a lot of growth. There wasn't many opportunities that you could end up pursuing because you're just shooting people in Maine. Since I came to Austin, um, I've done interior design, real estate, exterior, drone stuff, concert photography, food and beverage stuff. And it's all just like that really yeah that's cool
0: yeah and and drone footage too so you you know i I guess uh, what kind of equipment
1: do you use in
0: in, in your photography
1: for the drone or just just in general yeah just in general so the mirrorless camera um i have the drone that's it. yeah Yeah, okay so that's all i really uh, need you know
0: yeah or yeah for me My version, or what I think photography is, isn't really photography, it's my iPhone. I
1: just take, Mm -hmm. like,
0: I've got, like, 12,000 pictures, and, like, 10,000 of those pictures are probably my kids. Yeah,
1: but here's the thing. Anyone can be a photographer now, starting with the iPhone, because Mm -hmm. the camera quality is so good, you know? Anyone can do it. Cool. yeah no it's that, cool it's very accessible now you know and it's
0: neat like this this phone it's an iPhone 12 mm-hmm. it's got uh 60 frames per second with the video the video looks super legit mm-hmm. and my kids like just like being recorded and I put them on YouTube so I can share with my family because we've got there are other programs out there to where you can share like 15 second clips like my grandma lives in like Jackson which is three or four hours away mm-hmm. she can't drive anywhere and I'm, we're super busy and I'm rarely able to get down but it's a cool way to to share our life with with my with my family for sure um, but the but the main thing is is the video quality like, it looks like you're you're there mm-hmm. and like what's on the phone now 60 frames per second that's, it seems like that's better than
1: what videographers were using just like 10 years ago in movies without a doubt yeah and. The newest phone actually has like a cinema mode. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously it's not going to compare to like 100,000 $100, uh-huh. camera bodies. You right. know what I mean? But like I said, it's that accessible now to where, let's say your kids, you know, eventually you get them the new iPhone and it mm-hmm. has cinema mode in there. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I love making movies. You know what uh, I mean? The next thing, they, yeah. that's what they want to do. Right. You know, that Quentin Tarantino and the making type stuff with sitting there with an iPhone. And eventually, you know, when they get their jobs, when they start working and they realize like, hey, I think this is a really cool passion that I have. They go out, they get their own camera, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. they start working. That's kind of how I got into it. Yeah. I always enjoyed taking pictures, you know what I mean? But I just never had the push, which I could probably thank my girlfriend for. Yeah. yeah. She wanted to do a photo shoot with one of her friends one day and before the, I had the camera for probably like three months before and it was Mm -hmm. just kind of sitting. I brought it out to Boise for a wedding to do like a a vlog style video. Just, Mm -hmm. it was basically like a music compilation of a bunch of kids drinking in a cabin at a wedding. (laughs) It was fun, you know, but it was nothing special. And then we did the photo shoot with her and her friend and I was like, Hey, I'm not that bad at this. Let's see what I can do with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I threw out a post and I was like, hey, I'm offering free shoots to build a portfolio. And it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And people were just contacting me. And I was and like, that was hey. in Austin? It was in Maine.
0: Oh, in Maine. That's oh, where okay. I got started.
1: So this was 2020. Okay. September 2020. And I've been doing it since. Very cool. Yeah. So
0: you're like, I guess you've had a, an artist's brain your whole life but you've been kind of waiting for you to figure out like what you're good at yeah and so it, it seems like photography was it so yeah. how did you get your your, your 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 camera like did you buy it and you're like I'm just gonna try this out
1: I did Um so Maine was shut down for a pretty long time and I took um, some of the money that the government was giving mm. rather than just like uh-huh. that's good yeah yeah I I used it for something good I bought my camera and um the rest is history, I guess.
0: I use mine to pay my taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not
1: not as not as fun of a story. I but, mean it's like it's going to good use. Yeah, you know, I I mean, guess it was so, beneficial. Yeah.
0: No, but uh no, that's cool. I'm I'm glad you're able to do that. When I was like nineteen, I was like, I'm gonna buy a guitar and I'm gonna spend all the money that I have because and at that time it was like two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um so that I'm going to make a commitment financially so that I'll make a commitment mentally to do this every day. And I did it every day for like two weeks. And I learned like three or four chords off of Nirvana. Come as you are. That's cool. And then that's it. I was like, Nope, I don't like it. Yeah. like $200 down the drain. Oh man.
1: And, <laughs> you don't know until you know though. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's
0: true. And, mm-hmm. and for me, it's I guess at that point in my life, I had been in athletics my whole life in junior high or elementary, junior high, high school. Um, and that's what I did year round. I was just always running, always lifting weights, always doing something. And then after high school, you're just like, there you're you still go. In? That's it. And like I was going to play football and then I didn't because I had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then that relationship wasn't healthy. So I wasn't happy. And my relationship wasn't happy in general – and I was like, I gotta fill this void because like, I I didn't realize, and I, I still didn't understand at that time, but it helped, I guess being physically active helped my mental health oh, yeah. tremendously. Oh, yeah. So I was just sad and depressed and don't know what's going on. So I'm trying to find, like I said, try to find ways to fill that void. So I I, I don't know, I try to a multitude of different things and, and, and including playing the guitar and like none of it really did did the job. And then, well, I think there's one point where I didn't work out for an entire year, and I was at Blinn Junior College in Brenham. And then one night I was just like, "Screw it, I'm gonna go run," and I sprinted like a mile, and that's the fastest mile I'm fairly sure that I've ever ran. <laughs> And I was just running up and down the streets like, yes. And yeah. like the endorphine rush was just hitting really hard mm. that entire night. Um, I woke up the next day and I was sore as hell. And there's a guy that I went to class with. And he's like, Will, what were you doing last night? i was like, you're a maniac. You were just spreading. I like, I didn't That's know anybody could do that. I was like, this is my first time to work out in a year. And yeah. I, was, I was a rail. I was like. Six one and maybe one hundred sixty pounds wow. or something like that. So you're still in fitness, huh? Oh yeah. yeah so definitely. and what real? So what ultimately filled the athletic void was playing rugby. Um, so I skipped around a bunch of colleges. I went to like I was on five different campuses and five or six different. Or my first five or six semesters because I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and um, I ended up playing. Where I got to Texas State, went to try for the football team, overtrained all summer, didn't make the football team, but I took two weeks off and put me in prime condition to play rugby in the first practice. It was, and it, again, it was that endorphin hit, it was like hitting hard. I was like, this is what I should have been doing yeah. my whole life. And now it's my 17th season Still of playing, playing rugby. Oh, oh yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. You're weightlifting as well. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. How would you say you were? uh 37 this be man is in great shape for 37 years old <laughs> thank you great thank shape you. uh
0: but yeah it, it for me i attribute a lot of that to my dad because my my dad had a gym at home and that he basically he built himself and i mean of course he bought the weights mm-hmm. but he had me working out when i was like six or seven wow and i wasn't consistent as a kid but when i got a to high school is when I started being more consistent with lifting weights. But mm-hmm. I was what's funny is that I was stronger when I was 10 years old because I was lifting weights uh, kind of consistently from like 9 to 10. And I was able to bench press 95 pounds when I was 10 years old. But wow. <laughs> then I went and played a bunch of video games for, I don't know, however many years after that until you get to 14. And it took me halfway through my freshman year to get to 95 pounds. So, uh, it was kind of funny. It was a jack little 10-year-old. Yeah, that's great. My 10-year-old self might have been able to beat up my 14-year-old self.
1: <laughs> that's too funny. Obviously, you know, there's the rumor, or the myth that lifting weights at a young age stunts your growth, but you're over six feet tall, so that's obviously not true. Huh? He, well, so here is interesting.
0: So, I, I was the smallest, second smallest kid. On my junior high football team, because I was five foot 90 pounds. I think John Rambo was five foot 85 pounds. Junior high? Junior high. You were five feet tall? Yeah. And then my freshman year, I was five foot or five one. Oh, junior high. That's middle school. Middle school. Got it. And then my freshman year of high school, I was five foot, five one, and 95 pounds. Mm -hmm. I was a rail and I was tiny and all the girls were bigger than me too. So it was embarrassing. My sister got underarm hair before I did. So she's younger than I am and we were trying out for lifeguarding and like I raised my my arms up to to like dive into the pool and when I got back up she was laughing. And she's like I got more underarm hair than you. Oh, she's like no. God <laughs> dang. I can go into more detail yeah. about other parts that didn't have hair but <laughs> I mean, it was uh, it, it was just like it was it was embarrassing to be that little in a in a boy, but it wasn't. I guess my 10th grade years when I stopped taking Ritalin, mm-hmm. and I grew like I grew to five nine over the summer. So I grew like seven or eight inches over the summer, and I had joint pain and growing pains all summer long, mm-hmm. and uh, it. Uh, yeah, and then, I guess I didn't really grow much after that. I graduated at 5'11", and I, I'm 6'2 now. So, when I was, I think I stopped growing at, like, 23 or something like that. But you, you're, like, 6'3"? I'm 6'2". You're 6'2"? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: It's like, 6'2 and a quarter. Like, I'll give myself that quarter, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to give myself any more than that. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. So, so, so,
0: so uh, back to you, and, and moving to Austin. W- one thing I was thinking about uh, as you were talking is that when you're in when you're in Maine or you're in Idaho, and it seems like there's less collaboration, there's fewer of the same types of minds, and I guess moving to Austin seems like it would be more of a challenge too, because you're not just competing. Against a few other people, you're competing with an entire city of yeah. uh, people who are trying to, to to do the same thing. So uh, it seems like you. So was last week your last week at the restaurant, or did I misunderstand that? Yes. Yes. Last if, Friday. Was last Friday? Okay. It was Friday. Yeah. So does that mean you've transitioned to
1: like for, like
0: photography being your
1: your full time gig? it's um it's a little up in the air right now, mm-hmm. so the restaurant is more so it's a hotel mm-hmm. that has two restaurants on site and it hosts events so there's banquet events like weddings, parties, corporate stuff mm-hmm. and I think I'm gonna be straying away from the um the serving side mm-hmm. and going more into helping out with the banquets. Oh, okay. So I'm not necessarily completely leaving that job, but I'm going to be more of like an on-call thing gotcha. while I'm pursuing um, my personal stuff. Yeah. Which I've got some opportunities in real estate and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I said, since I moved here, I started doing the real estate stuff and it's like therapeutic to me. Angles, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Houses are a lot. They don't, you know, complain as much. People, <laughs> That's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not about it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I like shooting people over everything because the pictures have more of a story. You know, humans can create emotion, movement, and all sorts of different things. But, you know, there is the... um You're working with people mm-hmm. to put it in the the lightest sense, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's not always easy. But, yeah, the interior stuff is fun. It's a lot of fun. For sure. Cool. So that's where you, the, the, I guess that's where you're finding your niche. I think so. In Austin? Yeah, I don't, Um, I don't want to limit myself to anything. Oh, either, oh yeah, 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 know? for sure. Because I've, it's, it's been first time things ever since I got here. And, I know the technical behind it, I know the craft and everything that i have done has been pretty damn good yeah i mean
0: i i already dropped it okay all right (laughs)
1: okay pretty damn good you know um i've tried to do this humble thing Mm -hmm. for a very long time and i've always known that you know in maine there was a a nice little group, a decent amount of people, but I was never doing what they were doing, mm-hmm. even in my people work, my portrait work. My work has always stood out among everyone else. And moving here, yes, there is a lot of crazy, talented photographers, mm-hmm. you know, but I still believe that if you were to see my picture, you're gonna know that is Cameron who. Hu. huh I still believe that, even in a city saturated with thousands of photographers. I still believe that my work is and will always stand out.
0: Cool. Yeah. So, so what do you think sets you apart from, or I guess what makes your art or your, your photography unique compared to other people? I
1: think it's the editing style okay. I'm incorporating colors into the shadows, into the highlights, um, whatever available light is there mm-hmm. and I'm almost warping it into like a different reality. You know, without using Photoshop and adding, let's say, a flying saucer uh-huh. into the mix. My editing style almost creates a new reality, a new world. Okay. Than what I'm seeing as I'm looking at the model. So
0: or exp- looking at the landscape. Yeah. So explain how and for me, I'm, I'm genuinely interested mm. in in how you create that. Is that through
1: software or is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Lightroom. It, it's a. What's it called? Lightroom. Lightroom. It's, Lightroom. An, it's an Adobe software. Cool. Oh, look it up.
0: Sorry. I mean, you, you've got me. You got me ins- interested. Yeah, it's Instagram.
1: It's a lot of basic adjustments, you know, like exposure, contrast, highlights. That's. Like I said, kind of the the oh, groundwork okay. of it all.
0: Well, maybe we can pull this up. We're, give her a minute. Yeah, I just, might as well. But uh, I see what you're saying as far as the photography goes, and kind of making more of light. When I'm thinking about. Come on, thank you. When I'm thinking about light. It's almost like a, a telescope. So a telescope, all it does is gather light, and it seems like you, what you're, and, and I would say that photography is the same thing. Is your is the the camera's ability to gather light, mm-hmm. and then what makes you an artist is your ability. To manipulate that light, yeah, and to be able to elicit emotion from the, I guess, from your ability to kind of transform reality subtly. Because when I'm looking at your pictures now, it
1: what except for like inside? except for like black and white. Oh, very cool. It's um, I got a I got a website that's going to have a. a eh, no, nah, let's stick it on Instagram. The website is more of just food and some of the interior stuff. See
0: I'm gonna to try to think of things while pulling this up. Easy start. All right, that's right. But um but yeah, no, your your stuff's really cool. It I I, I see Whoa. what you're saying. And the, the thing is, is like had you not told me that you kind of mess with the light, I'd I would have just I would have looked at the pictures and I'm like, how the hell is he done yeah. do that? How is he getting that light? Uh, should be any second, but but yeah. Now that I'm looking at it,
2: yeah. Here
0: we go. Very cool. And for folks listening, we're taking a look at some of the photographs that the camera's taking.
1: And you ever listen to Greta Van Fleet? Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. No, I have <sighs> Okay, so they're a little controversial because they sound like um Led Zeppelin oh, or mm-hmm. like Rush uh-huh. you know some of the old school staples of rock and roll you know what I mean mm-hmm. um they're just a bunch of young ass dudes doing this though. yeah as a group of brothers I believe do not quote me on that <laughs> um top right the one with the red picture hmm he's the lead singer and we saw him at ACL and just magnificent, incredible, like generational voice right there. Really cool music too. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna have to check them out. Um, so for the, so is is this at ACL?
1: That was one of the night shows. It wasn't at the actual festival.
0: Okay. Yeah. So what, were you hired to be a photographer
1: or is this like you just brought the camera? Oh man. Yeah. That's super close. That dude's probably like my favorite, one of my favorite artists. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got very lucky to literally be right up next to him.
0: Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. My assumption, from looking at the pictures that like they, that, that they paid you to do it. Yeah. Look at you.
1: Unfortunately, um, I've tried bringing my camera to other places, and they stop me at the door because you typically need photo passes. Really? Yeah. So, what does it take like to get a photo pass? You just got to contact the venue, I believe, or the artist, mm-hmm. or the artist will contact you. Um, but yeah, I just walked right in with mine at this show and didn't have any issues. And luckily, it's you know my favorite artist, which is huh. really cool.
0: That is cool. So. As, as far as the, as as the photo pass goes, do like, do you have to pay money to get a photo pass? Or? I don't think
1: so. I yeah. don't I don't know if it's paid on either way. I think it's just kind of like you're probably doing it for free type thing. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong though. I've never gotten a photo pass yet. You should try. I yeah, I'll definitely be trying it, now and that then, I know.
0: Then you don't get rejected. Yet. <laughs> yeah. So kind of I guess explain to me. Well, it's tough. Well, I was going to ask you how you edited this picture. I should I you to bring your, your laptop and then we can play around with it. Oh, that look. would be cool. Um, so I, I guess the best you can, what alterations did you make to this picture? Or I guess any picture that you're that, that you're editing.
1: So there's different, the way I start, I always shoot a little underexposed, which...
0: And what does that mean?
1: the amount of light you're letting Um, in. So this is obviously a lot darker when I took it. Some people shoot, you know, overexposed mm -hmm. where- Oh, okay. Very blown out highlights, you know, all up in your face. Um, I tend to shoot with more black Mm -hmm. in the images to kind of create like a moodier feel. Okay. Um, And then from there it was, your basic corrections. I raised the exposure. I believe I raised the contrast. Um, I dropped the highlights so that the background lights weren't as intense. So I got them to what they are now and then just, you know, blacks and whites and adjusted all that. So you still have some detail in the shadows on his body, on his hat. Um, And then from there where it gets a little more technical is the tone curves.
0: And explain tone curves.
1: I don't. I don't really know how uh, to fully okay. explain them. Oh right, no, that's it's, fine. It's uh, It's an option on Lightroom. Uh-huh. Um, I do a typical S curve to start, so it's going to be like a graph with a line going through the middle with okay. your shadows, midtones, and highlights. Okay. Um, so you know, create create the S with the different points, and then from there, um, there's an option to um, select I'm trying to fig- figure out the word, anyways. Um, to finally tune the line, mm-hmm. the points. So you hover over the picture and see what needs to be adjusted, and you can it's like a slider that goes back and forth, huh? From there, I went into the colors and adjusted the shadows, the mid tones, and the highlights.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like Lightroom it takes a bunch of time and effort to get good. Good. And that, like with, with Lightroom, yeah. I guess, like with a lot of really in detail tools, you're having to YouTube a lot of things like how do I do this? How do I do that?
1: YouTube University. That's where I <laughs> learned literally everything. That's, yeah.
0: And that's what, I, that was one of my questions. It yeah. was like, where did you learn to do it? And so it was just, uh, I guess having a passion, number one, like knowing this is what I want to do with the picture.
1: Now, how do I do it? I still don't know what I want. Really? I still have no idea. Every single time I have a lot of presets made, which are basically like filters that I've created. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm always shooting in different lighting conditions. Mm -hmm. So those filters never typically work with other pictures i have a list of probably 20 presets that i've made okay but more than likely every time i sit down to edit a gallery of pictures i'm doing it by scratch by what by by just from the beginning oh, okay. by gotcha. scratch you know just whatever happens happens yeah
0: yeah so it seems like you're also still very much in learning mode as well i mean so yeah do you you you're doing a great job but it's like con- it almost it seems like you're constantly trying to evolve as mm-hmm. well you got you got 20 different presets but you're constantly trying to push how much you know yeah
1: i don't uh i don't think i'll ever learn everything and i don't know part of me doesn't know if i want to learn everything either in terms mm-hmm. of all the technical stuff oh yeah. Because- uh-huh there's you know there's professionals in this it's typically you know older folks who are by the book this is how it started this is how it's always going to go and i feel like in many different everything i guess things are being shifted Mm -hmm. people are doing things differently and that's just kind of art Mm -hmm. with everything you know it's like i said earlier it's subjective what you do there's no wrong or right way right i guess i mean it's yeah. subjective you know? yeah yeah
0: yeah it yeah. makes sense yeah. uh and yeah if you really did learn everything at uh, this, this is what you're saying didn't you become it becomes more of a technicality mm. and fought like i take step one two three four to get to the result that i want mm. as opposed to want to be experimental with what i've got and who knows what i I got a general idea, of maybe mm-hmm. what I'm going for, but if I get a few surprises along the way, that's was really what I'm shooting for. Yeah, uh, very well said. Yeah, so for me, I'm I'm also into woodworking, and lately here I've, I've been to... that's it. so cool. It's, dude, it's, <laughs> I wanted to get into it so much, Well, come to the house; it's a good excuse for me to to to, to get out into my workshop. Hell yeah! Uh, but lately, over the last several two months or so, I've really gotten into epoxy and mm-hmm. wood to where basically you you get a container you fill it up with like wood ends and chips or i should say chips but like pieces of like small pieces of wood mm-hmm. and then you fill it up with epoxy and from there you let it dry for 24 hours or 36 depending on the, the type of epoxy you pop it out of the container which usually results in the destruction of the container. Um, and what I was doing initially was screwing the 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 piece that connects to the lathe directly into the epoxy, and it kept breaking on mm. um, me. So what I had to do figured out is that I had to cut off a chunk of wood and then I could screw it into the wood and use epoxy to glue the or I guess to adhere the epoxy raw epoxy to the to the wood that that would allow me to really work all the way down uh, if I needed to, and it, it, I see what I see what you're saying as far as being technical versus kind of going with the flow and seeing yeah. what happens. Because with the lathe, I try not to watch too many videos and I try not to read too much on woodworking. Because when it comes to woodworking, uh, I like the fact that I don't know what I'm getting into. And yeah. I feel like most of the time I've got a general idea of what I want to do. And especially since I work with a lot of scrap because scraps most of the time is free mm-hmm. and like you can get really nice hardwoods for free from like uh, not wood shops, I guess wood shops, uh, covered shops, things like that. I mean, they've got pieces of wood that, like they, they make accidents on mm-hmm. and then they're going to throw it away. The whole, if, the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. And if, if, if you go by the shop, most of the time they're like, they'll fill you up and there's. That's cool. You get a bunch of wood. Um, and it's nice and it takes a lot longer because you've got to fix it yourself. But it, it, I guess in the end, you're creating something that is truly unique and there's nothing else like it out there. Uh, I've also. Because I guess that doesn't mean it' cheap, well, I like making my own things, mm-hmm. so my neighbor had a tree fall, and I bought a chainsaw, and I've milled my own wood from that tree that fell, and it was an old walnut tree, and walnut Ooh, is really cool. expensive, and like this tree was it was tortured because it was it's a walnut tree in central Texas. They just shouldn't be here, so mm. I don't know how old it was. I'm sure it's been an old tree, and slowly the environment has changed. And I, when you look at the wood itself, it's it's indented, it's discolored, it's beautiful. It's unique. Yeah, and it's unique. Yeah. But that tree, I mean, it had a tough time of it. Um, and and, and uh, you can really tell in the wood. So it, it creates something that's beautiful almost every single time. But when you mill your own wood, you're able... I feel like I'm free to make more mistakes. And it seems like with Lightroom, when you're not trying to follow the playbook, you're free to make mistakes. And like, when you make a mistake, like I thought I had ABC going, but now I'm going to go AB, EFG or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, But yeah, no, that's cool. Let's see what else you got here. So I, I guess it's kind of the a-
1: see. This is what I kind of mean by the distortion of uh-huh. you know the colors and the sky. I'm still leaving some of those blues in there, but it's it's just a just a little twist on reality, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. If I I've not seen pictures like this before.
1: Ooh, a good example scroll down to the Lamborghini. That one actually has a before and after on it right there. Really? Yeah. I was out of content so I had to take some stuff from the archives and put it out on the social media <laughs> and stay relevant or whatever, but Yeah. So this is the uh this is the after. Obviously, this is the edit. Um it's it's not like great, but I really like the way the colors came out. And then if you click yeah. if you click on the arrow up there, this one? Yeah. That's the before. What? Yeah. Oh. oh, too far. Wrong arrow. Go back the other way.
0: That is. What? I never would have thought that. That's. Huh. It's kind of playing Yeah, cause point it's, in it, day, it's a different. You know? Yeah, it's a different color. Mm-hmm. It's, you've altered reality. In like a in a better way. A, yeah. I guess you've also you, you cut it out of this.
1: I had to crop it in just to yeah. get all like you know the Toyota Corolla out of the picture.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's really neat to be able to change something entirely. I mean, it looks similar, but I mean it it's altered, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, very cool. So, um, I, I guess you're using, I guess. Uh, Instagram and, and, and social media to kind of get your work out there so that when people, I guess when you're when someone's trying to find a, a photographer, they've got reference material.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I put more stuff on my website that has like a, a, a more broad selection of what I do. This is mostly going to be like portraits and whatever has been used to mm-hmm. fill the feed since I moved to Texas, you know? A lot of nature a lot of city stuff um but honestly i'm actually moving away from all this crazy stuff oh yeah yeah okay so and i think what, that's what, just development of an artist which is cool. okay Got finally, finally i figured out what i'm what the next step is because i was honestly feeling like i was like in the shots of austin with the crazy you know colors and stuff mm-hmm. I like i was kind of trapped in that for a bit and i was like i don't know if i want this to define who i am as an artist so now i'm I don't know what I would describe it as, but I have some new content. Okay. So how long
0: does it take you to edit something like this?
1: Um, depends, you know, mm-hmm. depends on the day. Depends on how I'm feeling. I feel like... Like, the past two days, I feel like I might have ADD or ADHD.
0: Oh, yeah, I definitely do, so. Yeah, yeah.
1: and, like, some days, I'll just kind of, like, be away from everything. Mentally, just completely disassociate, just in another world. Physically, in the building, mm-hmm. but my brain is, like, elevator music, you know? Yeah. So, some days, I can sit down, and I could just pop pop pop. Like, the other day, I went to... Um, the Instagram account IG Austin Texas threw together a, a event with a bar called Native Hostel mm-hmm. downtown, and they had like a bunch of models, um, photographers, cool lighting set. It was a, it was a cool little event, mm-hmm. and I got a bunch of pictures. And I was just kind of feeling on my game that day, so I sat down and I probably busted out. Them, to the viewers. <laughs> what? Well, Let's say fifty. Let's say fifty yeah. shots. Oh wow! Okay. You know, in a matter of like two hours, different lighting conditions, and most of these, I've I had to really just everything by scratch, one yeah. after the other.
0: Yeah, and, and so with photography, you take a bunch of pictures in hopes of like getting the picture
1: or yeah. Or, or are you going through and editing every picture? No, I I overshoot probably. Um like by the time I'm done, I'll have a ridiculous amount of pictures on the SD card. So it's still a little, you know, colorful, ah. but it's um more natural colors, I guess. This looks like it's out of a movie. That's kind of what I'm going for. Whoa! Is like movie still cinematography type stuff, but I'm not a cinematographer. That is a that's a title that's well earned. I'm nowhere near that.
0: Yeah, well, you seem like you're well on your way to getting there. That's really cool.
1: What was I saying? Add,
0: ADHD. AD. Distracted. Well, there you go, right there. there. Go. So, <laughs> yeah, I've had AD, ADHD my whole life. I got diagnosed when I was in second grade or something mm-hmm. like that, and put me on Ritalin. I went from struggling heavily in school to being a straight A student, and like I said, when I got off, I went back to struggling. It mm-hmm. Just because with ADHD, yeah, you said some days. It's great. Oh, yeah. And it's fine. And we're, I'm able to put some work together. Um, uh, there are other days where it's a struggle to set the table mm-hmm. or to remember to take. Actually, that's a daily issue as well. Like, I'm trying to get in a good habit of taking out the trash without my wife having to remind me multiple times.
1: I'm trying to do the same, but I'm trying to get faith to be taken out the trash. <laughs> It's
0: yeah. Uh, so for me, one thing that helped a lot was, and I don't suggest this to everybody, but I would say try is I, I went on a gluten-free diet and it's made a huge impact in my ability to think, my even my, my ability to eat. Because before, and I didn't know this, I, I guess one thing is that you only know what you know. So if you felt shitty your whole life, like, you don't know that you're in a brain frog mm-hmm. fog, not frog. Uh, you don't know that like you've got like gut issues. You assume everybody farts like 50 times a day and like has to go to the restroom multiple times. And but the fact like so anyway. So what happened is my, my wife is a dietitian. So cheat code. Marry a dietitian. (laughs) You you get a super healthy diet. Hopefully I'll live to be like 140-something just through exercise and and, and diet alone. But uh, so we – this was 12 years ago. We were living together, and we were having a – I was having a very difficult time because we had just moved in together like – having to do things consistently and i was super 80 i wasn't wasn't medicated wasn't on any kind of diet and my wife went to a conference they talked about and this is the very beginning of, of gluten-free diets they were like a gluten-free diet can help or it might show signs of helping kids with adhd and also kids with autism and relieving some symptoms now, since then, the science has come to show, it's it's shown that it's true. But at that time, we're like, you know what? I'll try anything.
1: Yeah, why the hell not?
0: Yeah. Um, and at, also at that time, I brewed my own beer. And I had like a wall of 24 packs of beer that I had made. And I would, Did like, I was it? like, no, You're I mean, heard. I should have. But no. the fact is. To make money brewing beer, you got to brew it at scale. Um, because I, I actually ran the numbers because I love brewing beer. I, at that point in my life, I was off Fridays and Saturdays, and I worked Sunday through Thursday. And Friday, I would brew a beer, I would move a beer from the second or from the primary to the secondary, and then I would bottle a beer. So I had three batches of beer going almost 24-7, 365 days a year. And... I, I would, at night, I would have like a Hefeweizen or like a light beer followed by a pale ale followed by an IPA wow. and so like a stout. Like, I mean, all. I had it. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just like Trappist, stouts, you name it. And it was all delicious because it's homebrew. Mm-hmm. You, If I lack a certain type of flavor, then I can add as much as I want to it. And you're fully in control of it. Now, okay. they've got... Uh, an enzyme, I can't remember what it's called, but you drop it into the, the primary fermenter uh, w- once you're done with the wort and you, you mix it up. And what it does is it binds all the proteins that are in the beer and it drags it to the bottom. Uh, and, and, and since gluten is a protein, it gets snagged and brought to the bottom. So the goal is when you move the beer from the primary to the secondary, there's a, a a auto siphon. You just make sure to keep it up off of the bottom by like two or three inches. And then that way you don't pull any of the any of the crap up from the bottom.
1: So you're making gluten-free beer. I am now, yeah. That's pretty cool.
0: I just just tasty rap- gluten-free beer. Tasty gluten-free beer, yes. I, I, and it goes pretty quick because so, I like I'll drink like two a night. And it makes like fifty beers or something like that. Um, and then I'll, I and then I also share beer as well. And if I had some, I totally would have brought it with you as well. Because like the last guy that we had, Jacob Gebner, I had him come to the house and I gave him some homemade wine and beer as well. You make wine too? I, the wine's not as good. I'm mm. not as proud of the mm. wine. Wine's My red tough. wine has gotten better. I guess it needed a lot more time. But it's just it was only okay. Mm um like it cost me like two or three dollars per bottle to make and it tasted like a five or seven dollar <laughs> bottle of red wine <laughs> That's funny. yeah and then the white wine was really good cold and that that one tasted like a ten dollar bottle of wine mm-hmm. but the beer to me is what I was what I'm best at yeah um and then even even the gluten-free beer um uh, it it, ta- it it tastes great um but I just finished a Raspberry Heppen bison and I just started a um it's a Christmas IPA. I like a it's a dark IPA, had a ton of hops in it. It smells delicious. How dark are we talking? It's black. Oh, really? It's a black IPA. Interesting. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. The main reason I got it is because it was on sale mm-hmm. you know, cheap. But typically it's 90 bucks to make a batch of that stuff. And I think I got it for $40, nice. $45. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's less than a dollar a beer. And, you know, good luck getting a really good beer for less than a dollar a beer, even at, at specs. I mean, because most six packs no of chance. beer, are like nine bucks or eight yeah. bucks. The micro
1: brews right now yeah. are like 20 bucks for four. You know? oh, some of them it's are. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. Like
0: your beer is not that good. No. They, they all taste the same. To, yeah. I mean, you know, there's some difference, but you're $25 no, for four ra- beers. It's no. Crazy. That's get out of here. Blasphemy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 I, you're, you're just stealing people's
1: money. Like mm-hmm. you're,
0: you're not that unique.
1: Go home. It's like you know what it is now, too. It's like the branding. Mm-hmm. The cans, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know that electric jellyfish stuff? Yeah. 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 I've heard it's good. Mm-hmm. they are one of those you know companies that are selling for for 20, 20 what bucks, 24 bucks you know something really just it, it's expensive it's high abv but i think the biggest way it's sold is because the can is it's beautiful you know it's oh. crazy pinks red in there you know it's got like a holographic thing going to it and it's mm. called electric jellyfish mm-hmm. you know any like beer 20 something year old going out to the bars sees this shiny electric jellyfish can on the um, shelf it's 8% or 8.2% they're like that's the one yeah. you know <laughs> yeah I was probably like, when I was 20 I couldn't afford that oh. or uh, I still get a one yeah, of <laughs> yeah 37
0: or 38 I choose not to spend my money yeah. on a $5 beer oh, I guess that's how much it costs at the, at the bar but I don't go out to the bar that much anymore either Um, oh yeah, but anyway, so ADHD, uh, gluten-free diet, we, so I give away all of my beer and I go on a gluten-free diet. Two weeks later, my wife goes to another conference and I feel like I know what I'm doing. And I went grocery shopping for myself and I, I went and bought Durham. They were green noodles and they were called Durham noodles. like, all right, these are gluten-free. Went home, made spaghetti for myself, woke up the next day, and I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. And I didn't drink any beer because I didn't have any at the house because mm-hmm. we gave it all away. And I called Stephanie. I was like, it's back. Like, It's not working. And she made me, o- over the phone, dig the packaging out of the trash can. And she's like, read the ingredients to me. I was like, they're Durham noodles. Like, it, it's It's not wheat. Mm-hmm. And she's like... Read, read the ingredients. So flip it over. First ingredient, Durham wheat noodles. Like,
2: oh. Yeah,
0: interesting. Yeah, so and I also didn't preface with, like, I, I had real uh, issues as far as brain fog goes. I couldn't think, I couldn't talk, or should, I couldn't talk. I, I had a very difficult time speaking. Mm. I used to have a really bad stutter. Um, and I had all kinds of gut issues and I'd wake up in the morning and I'd feel hung over. And I know I did just say that I would drink like five beers, but I mean, it, it, <laughs> that was always some night. Uh, but even when I had like one or two beers, I got to wake up and I would feel awful, mm-hmm. terrible. And again, like I did this for a long time because I assume, oh, I'm getting older. I'm 24 years old. I don't feel as sprightly as I did at eighteen. Twenty four is also extremely young as mm-hmm. well, and I'm sure fifty year olds say that thirty seven is, and so on and so forth. But anyway, I I just assumed that this is what had happened. And yeah. once I went on a gluten free diet, I realized that there was like that there's a different world out there of feeling good, and I went from struggling as a manager to being, I guess, to being in the top three. As a manager of my company.
1: And you think it was because you cut out gluten. 100%. I'm 100% going to try that. Then. Yeah. So
0: try it for at least two weeks. If you notice it, like if, if you notice the difference, if you notice you're able to focus, stick with it for another two or three weeks. Oh, that
1: means oats too, huh? No. No, no, no. no. no.
0: So uh, wheat, barley, rye, and it used to be oats. Now, if you're. If you're uh, celiac, then you have to get gluten-free oats because most of the time oats are processed in the same facility as as wheat mm-hmm. uh, or barley, so there can be some cross-contamination. But that doesn't really affect me, so I so I can get away with drinking a, a few regular beers every now and then. So I don't, I don't drink beer a lot, um, and it's mostly. Well, I don't drink beer a lot when I don't have homebrew at home. Yeah. but um, if if I go out and my my dad or my brother or, or someone are, is, is having a beer, I'll join and, and and have a beer with them. It's just something I can't do consistently. Mm-hmm. But a celiac, that person, their body has such an inability to um, absorb the gluten protein right. that they're they get real inflammation in their guts and like they, they lose their hair they have all kinds of, of, of autoimmune issues and it's a serious deal wow. but like for people getting, with adhd trying the gluten-free diet is, is definitely worthwhile I think we're
1: to, for sure yeah well, just and to
0: see you know it's a lot easier than it used to be because it used to be that i uh, there were no gluten-free noodles i for like the first 3 years I didn't have any noodles to eat cuz all all they had were the those scraggly little ass like rice noodles mm. yeah, that aren't they're good
1: they're, they're not any good. HGB has a whole section of gluten-free pasta. They do now. Now. It's good stuff. Yes, dude. it's really good. We it's do buy. It's legit. It. Yeah. Yes, that that. And the chickpea and the the red They got all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's got like protein pasta now. Yes. Right up Look around at you, right?
0: Nice. Yeah. My wife would be very happy to talk to you as well. She's like, this guy knows what he's talking yeah, about.
1: Faith is a phenomenal cook, and she wanted to try because she eats so much pasta. She loves pasta.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She was like, I want to try gluten-free pasta because I feel like I eat so much pasta, it almost kind of bogs me down. Really? So we tried it, and pretty solid. It's not bad. It's not much of a difference in price mm-hmm. as regular pasta either, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean and when you go without eating it for three years, it's it's like a dessert. Yeah. It is delicious. Take it for granted. Um uh, also gluten free when it comes to baking, there's there's a, a flour called Cup for Cup.
1: Do you make your own bread?
0: Uh no, not yet. No. Well that's something that we talked about. Because gluten free bread isn't good. No, it's and it's better than what it was.
1: I feel like gluten free, it's always frozen and it's always like six bucks for a loaf or something. Yeah, I could, oh, yeah. Be, I could be wrong. No, no, I know their bagels That's right. are ridiculous. Gluten free bagels are stupid expensive.
0: I don't eat, I've never liked bagels. Okay, right. yeah, so, so you I mean, wouldn't know. So, what's interesting so is
1: definitely that definitely don't do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As I, w- I was never a a, a big bread guy mm. before, even, I guess, even when I was a kid, it was just like. Bread just fills me up. I want to be able to eat other things. It's fair. Uh, because for me, it all like, I still always eat, but um, I was trying to get the good stuff in. Mm-hmm. And the bread just filled me up, made me feel like shit, and I didn't even, it, it, I guess maybe inadvertently, I was trying to avoid it because subconsciously, I knew that it was screwing me up. Uh, but yeah, t- totally worth trying. Cup for cup for your baking needs. It's kind of expensive. Like, a normal bag of flour is probably like two dollars, mm-hmm. and then cup for cups like six or seven bucks.
1: But so, what do you do for breakfast? Ah, uh, like you—you you look like you work out. You get enough calories to the point where you're gaining muscle. You know, you're keeping mm-hmm. fat down. How are you eating enough? Because I feel like gluten, like bread, like I'm making breakfast sandwiches every mm. single day. Like that's like a big piece of the calories that I'm taking in throughout the day. So what are you doing for breakfast to like, I guess you've never needed to substitute, but what would you recommend? I guess uh, So for me, for
0: breakfast, I eat Icelandic yogurt and I pack it full of uh, mixed nuts. Or like right now we've got uh, pecans at the house. So just crunch up the pecans, toss them in there. I also throw some, some chocolate chips. Sometimes I've got granola. I'll throw granola in and it's like a 50 fixed... 50 50 mix of nuts, granola, uh, a, a a few chocolate chips, and yogurt, and that's 200 calories, mm. 250 calories, something like that. Did you pull up Icelandic yogurt? I've never yes. heard of that. It's, it's different than it's Greek yogurt. So good, really. In 2019, in July 2019, my family and I went to Iceland. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. the The place is. And beautiful, it is gorgeous, it is untouched in many ways. It it's raw mm. is about the the best word that I can come up with. There are fucking waterfalls everywhere. Like that's you cool. just drive by like waterfall, waterfall, waterfall. Oh, there's a really big one.
1: Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is Iceland where like the black beaches? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And is the thing, what's
0: crazy about that. Iceland is like there's a thousand ways to die in Iceland because it's also raw. And uh, and because it was made by volcanoes, mm-hmm. the the shelf for Iceland most places, and even like Hawaii, they kind of like as like as the land goes into the ocean, it kind of gradually goes down and then drops off. Mm-hmm. Iceland, it's poof, right away. Oh wow! So you can't get into the ocean because the currents are so strong. Uh, there are people that die every year. Uh, and multiple people who die every year to where the waves, like they'll, they'll get too close and the waves come crashing in, knock them off their feet and yank them out into Stay the ocean. Fine. And it's freezing yeah, up but- there too. So your, your temperature goes down, you're a goner. That's it. Um, also, when because it's built on, on top of lava flows and things like that, even the rivers, you can't get in the rivers because you can see them there's they're essentially waterfalls I mean not waterfalls whirlpools because they're it's cracked under the river um our tour guide uh, he, he was constantly telling us don't do this don't do this there's it'll like kill a, you like a temperature well so it's a temperature Tem- issue but cracks. also but the cracks is is because of the lava flows itself and it it I guess and they're big enough where someone wasn't paying attention, drove off a bridge into the river and they couldn't find the car. They couldn't find the people. Just disappeared into the crash. Sucked it, yes, sucked it down. Wow. And then because because of the types of rocks that they've got, depending on where you're at, you're not supposed to go near the rocks because the rocks are constantly falling. Someone dies every year. They don't pay attention or they don't listen. I didn't listen either. That I got out of there alive. lot. I guess it's too cool. It's too yeah, cool. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure if, if if you watch Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the last season where Daenerys gets to the island before the main attack, mm-hmm. there's the the big cave that she walks into. Yeah. So that big cave is actually in Iceland. It's like it's, a real thing. It's incredible. Wow. It's cool. Um, anyway, yeah. So Iceland, going back someday. It's it's so
1: cool. It, worst ending in TV history. Yeah. It wasn't good. The most disappointing. But you know their prequel that they're coming out with? I didn't know they were coming out with the prequel. I'm not so, surprised. They got another project. It's supposed to be like in the Targaryen Times. And really? I just saw George R. R. Martin was on set. He saw some pre screening, you know, rough cut footage. And he said, it's looking phenomenal.
2: Martin's so, saying that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, hopefully, they'll redeem themselves for that. I hope so. You know all the backstory on that? How the original guys, the two brothers, don't know their names. I don't know if I want to know their names after what they did. (laughs) But they were supposed to go to Star Wars. They were supposed to be working on the last Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. So, they kind of half-assed the last season. They did, I believe, the first three episodes. And then HBO took over on the last three but mm-hmm. because they screwed up Game of Thrones so bad, Star Wars was like, hell no. Dang. You're not coming anywhere near this. So that's karma for the years that we all lost. To that. Yeah, so, man,
0: know. it's so disappointing because it was such a good show <sighs> for so Incredible. long. And I've talked about this before. The Game of Thrones was the first show or the first story where they were just hacking people like main characters out left and right. Nobody was safe. And I'd never Nobody. been that so emotionally reactive to any show mm-hmm. before. And I would be so angry. Like I mean, I was watching on a laptop. Like so I shouldn't be able to pull a lot of emotion from it because yeah. I mean, it was an old crappy laptop at the time. Mm. But what what they were able to do or what George RR Martin's story was really able to do was just like create real emotion mm. and create real anger. And I'd be so angry. I'd, I'd close my, I'd slam <laughs> it shut and yeah. I'd walk away. And then like five minutes later, I was like, all right, I got to know, I got to know. And I'd open it up and I'd start watching it again. Uh, the red wedding. Yeah. The
1: craziness. Dude. I, uh, okay. I, will, I rewatched it during quarantine uh-huh. and as I'm watching it there's just so many like I've, I've, at least 10 episodes like The Battle of the Bastards, The Red yeah, Wedding, so many good ones and I'm like this is the best episode of TV show history and then another one would come on and I'd say the same thing and another one would come on and then it got to the last season and I was like oh my god all these negative emotions are coming back so fast <laughs> you know what I mean like it was just, it's just such a disappointment. Yeah. It's a real bummer.
0: Yeah. They really screwed it up. And didn't even a few of the actors be like, we'll reshoot? And like they came out and publicly said that we'll they'll be happy to re- reshoot the, the ending.
1: I know there was a lot of, like, I'm pretty sure Kit Harrington had to go to therapy because there's, you know, these actors put in so much time mm. years. Did you watch it in real time or did you? I
0: picked it up maybe in the third season, so So I was able to watch the first two seasons back to back to back to back
1: to back. So I watched. I started watching right when the second was the sixth. There were seven or eight seasons. Seven,
0: eight. I'm not
1: sure. Something. It says the second to last one. That's when I started. So I was able to binge through it. And like someone like you, I can't imagine sitting there week by week by week waiting the year Uh, or the months for the next season and mm -hmm. then all of that to have to sit there and experience what we all experienced on the last season you know and yeah like Kit harrington i could be wrong on this i think it's because he put so much time into this show this project you Mm -hmm. know it was like a huge part of his life it's like a pivotal moment in his career for sure and then it was so badly executed yeah and all the fans were pissed you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and i'm sure you know because people are kind of stupid people were like oh it's kate harrington's fault and all Mm -hmm. the shit they must have got from backlash or whatever Mm -hmm. but crazy stuff
0: yeah it's a bummer and it just seems like so when they were following the actual storyline from George R. R. Martin, it was a great show. Mm-hmm. And when George R. R. Martin didn't get his book out fast enough, yeah. HBO writers took over, and that's when it, you, I guess, it started falling back into your typical old tropes, like the good guys always win or yeah. win most of the time. And I, I haven't read the last. Actually, I haven't read any. Of the, I started to read the first book. Did he release the last book? Though? I think Is so. It out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'd be curious to see how that differs from from the movies itself. And I, I know, I'm sure there, the there's are some people who have watched and read the books said that there's significant differences, in even when they were following along the story, but they at least the writers had something of quality to work off of. And it, and it, I don't know. Was it like after season five or six, the Starks started coming back? Mm. It seems like it was just more a money grab than anything else. Like going back to the lowest common denominator. I when I see yeah. most TV, I, I'm I'm only thirty seven or thirty eight, but I feel like I'm far too cynical for my age, and I just there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but like reality TV is. To me, is the worst thing. I agree. Uh, good. Yeah. So, Atlantic yogurt. Let's see if I can't find.
1: All right, last point. You're yes, telling me John Snow went through all of that shit just for them to be like, "Hey, get back over the wall, you fucking idiot!" Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, you just saved the world. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah, ridiculous.
0: Uh, to me, when I watched that, I was like, "That's it, it's it's another spinoff." What they're trying to do, they're creating an opportunity really cool. to, to make a, another show to mm-hmm. where they're going in conflict with the well, actually no the uh what is the people north of the wall called the wildlings yeah, yeah 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 so the wildlings and um and I guess normal people work together at the end right mm-hmm. so, yeah. I mean, I would watch the show. It would be cool. I would see. I'm I mean, gonna watch anything. They maybe there's some this cool point. monster shit that they'd be able to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. Uh, oh yeah, so Icelandic provisions, Siggy's
1: Noosa so is good.
0: It's Australian HEB. Okay. Oh, I've um, seen Noosa. Yeah, Noosa is pretty good, but it's it's not as creamy. So like Icelandic provisions depending on, so that one's thick and creamy and it's got like 15 grams of protein. It, but they've got, there's another kind that it's even thicker and creamier. You Don't eat them every day because there's way too much saturated fat. But Icelandic yogurt is delicious. And no, no. it was like, no. so I wanted to, when I was in Iceland, I was like, I got to bring this stuff back because there's nothing like it here. Mm-hmm. And, it wasn't like three or four months later that we got back. The Icelandic yogurt started popping. I was like, "Hell, yeah, that's yes. awesome!" <laughs> and I try to eat it every day. I ran out. Uh, I'll just say the only time I don't eat yogurt in the morning is because I just don't have it. Yeah. I've already eaten it all. Yeah, uh, but t- that's totally the way to go for me as far as breakfast goes. So I'll eat that for first breakfast, and then usually when I get get to work at like eight thirty, I'll eat um my first person my first portion of leftovers and then I'll eat again at like 11.30 30 or noon then I'll probably eat again at like two and then I'll have dinner at five and then I usually don't eat anything after dinner um but then I'll, I'll wake up at five work out and eat the yogurt and just rinse and repeat mm-hmm. but for me that's that's the way to go.
1: Yeah. going to have to take you up on that for sure. Well, like thinking right now, like I had a breakfast sandwich before I got here and then I've just been, I haven't felt great. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I, whenever I eat after breakfast, I'm usually like a little like, you know, I work out in the morning, I get mm-hmm. home, I eat a, I make a breakfast sandwich. And then there's like a two to three hour period where I'm just like zombie, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what
0: I used to be for sure, um, but yeah. So try try the gluten free diet. If that doesn't work, I don't know what your views on medication are, but the gluten free diet and medication were super synergistic for me. And so, like like I said, the gluten free diet, what, the top three manager when I when I did Adderall. Well, when I was prescribed Adderall, and on the gluten free diet, I was the number one manager for. 18 months straight and then I was promoted to director
1: so why did you what was your reasoning back in high school for stopping the Ritalin
0: that's a good question
1: I for me you know I think for I could be wrong but no go for for people who don't have ADD ADHD it's like the way they describe Adderall or like ADHD medications. Mm. They're like, it's a godsend. You know, I, I sit there, I get all my work done, blah, blah, blah. It's great. You know, I can run a marathon, all this stuff. When I take it, I'm a zombie. Really? I I feel like I'm emotionless. I feel like mm. I'm just. I guess you got to find the, the right kind
0: of medicine. I would say Vyvanse for me didn't work. I felt jittery. Not like that, like that. Yeah. I lost weight. Yeah. Uh, Ritalin, I would get migraines as an adult, as a kid, probably stunning my growth. Maybe, I don't know if it's coincidence, but as soon as I stopped taking it, I
1: grew like seven or eight inches. Yeah. When you said that, that was, that was definitely interesting. Yeah. For sure.
0: Um, and I've also took, uh, Stratera, which isn't a stimulant that one was definitely the most effective for me when i was at school i would feel a literal cooling inside my brain i'm like whoa Whoa. and i'm like all right let's do some work interesting it wasn't a stimulant it wasn't uh, i i don't know what it was but i couldn't afford the medication any longer and i didn't ask my parents for money because there were three other kids at home Mm -hmm. and uh, a fairly certain put me into like a, what would really be called depression. Uh, cause it was again, when I was 19, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I had this big void in my life. I wasn't in a good relationship. And then I, on top of it all, uh, well, I guess in addition to that, I lived by myself in a dorm room and all I did was school and I didn't go out. I didn't go interact with people. And then this medication problem, I had withdrawals that sent me into a real state of depression. And I was there for basically until I started playing rugby Mm -hmm. when I was 21. And it, uh, it, anyway, rugby made a huge difference, but you got to be careful with medication. uh, Yeah.
1: Because it'll, it'll screw you up. I try not to take anything just because side effects are just don't want to deal with any side effects i feel like as it is day to day you know what i mean i deal with let's say the stomach issues or the mm-hmm. mental fog you know what i mean i don't want to sacrifice being able to think clearly for like ritalin made me angry really I don't know why oh wow and then, irritable i guess very Just... irritable yeah and then you know like you said the not eating no appetite mm-hmm don't i love food i'm not gonna not eat you know what i mean Mm. and it's not fun to sit there and try to force feed yourself yeah and then just the it's it's like a disconnect from my partners when i'm on it too Mm. It's it's, i just i don't like the side effects but i haven't found anything that works for me
0: yeah like like i said I, i tried concerta other and a bunch of other uh, adhd medications but for, for whatever reason Adderall xr so the extended release uh e- even just 20 milligrams really does a lot for me i don't feel jittery i get a subtle push hmm. and subtle focus i'm not like yeah like like i'm on crack or something yeah. like it yeah. just uh it is it's just a little bit of a push. So the gluten-free gets me a long ways, and the Adderall XR gets me over the finish lines where I'm able to get a lot done, but still feel creative, still feel emotion.
1: And that's another thing is that, okay, so with the Adderall, you're still being, you still have that creativity. Yeah, and, and the, the XR able to be to, specific. Yeah. Okay, good to know.
0: Yeah, because XR. Yeah, so it's it's extended release as opposed to instant release. The instant release, um, like you could take ten or fifteen milligrams and it doesn't sound like as much, but you'll be cracked out, like ready to go. Mm. Um and I feel like when you get into that type of state, the creativity is just it's not there. Like you're just your your brain's in like I gotta do stuff work mode. Yeah. Yeah. And to be creative your brain's got to be able to just branch off wherever it wants to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like I said, XR, it, it's been good for me. It has had very few side effects. I still am ADHD, but it, it, it's, it's much more manageable mm-hmm. and there's a lot less frustration. Like I, man, I had a ton of self hate from ADHD. I just, cause of, most people don't have it and most people don't understand. Yeah. It's just, it's so frustrating all the time.
1: It's obviously not on the, it, it's, it's, it's mental illness. It's not on the level of, you know, bipolar disorder or well, depression or something like that, but it's still a mental you know, impairment, I guess you could say. You know, obviously it's a lot more easy to live with than the two that I just mentioned, but yeah. it is making life difficult for the people that do have it, you know, and I feel like that's coming to light more. Now. Yeah, for sure. for sure.
0: So and what's interesting is if you take a test or a, a questionnaire for ADHD, and you take a questionnaire for bipolar, 80% of the questions are the Similar, same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I I think a lot of people have mental down, breakdowns during the I didn't have a mental breakdown during the pandemic but I started really paying attention to my mental health. And I went to a therapist and I was able to gain a lot of ground quickly because I I work hard. I, I don't go to people, ask for advice, and then ignore that advice. I put it into action. So I was essentially able to graduate from the behaviors, or I guess from a behavioral therapist. And then now I go to a psychologist, which I'm not sold on because the psychologist is like, here's medicine, mm-hmm. as opposed to a therapist. who's like, take these actions to help you. But like the psychologist, well, I score super heavy on ADHD, and it basically it puts me onto like almost the the uh, bipolar spectrum. So it's like super heavy ADHD, ultra light bipolar. And like, uh, but the issue, I guess, I've got family members. I don't want to say anybody's names. I almost said names <laughs> who have bipolar. Mm-hmm. And and then now that I've talked to my psychologist about it, I see other people as well. And there's just emotional fluctuation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I feel like that's where I get a lot of creativity from. Like prior to going to the psychologist. I'll be up at night. It's just like ideas. Yeah. It's like a minefield. Yeah. And it's 80% of the time. It's very negative stuff. But 20% of the time, man, like you get a, I got a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. And I was prescribed the medication and it knocked me out. I feel like I lost a lot of creativity. Switch medications. And it made me a lot. So what you were talking about as far as emotion goes, emotionless, like it's just... I wasn't I was happy to be watching TV' it was like this isn't me yeah I don't like to sit down and just watch TV so switched medications again now I'm on a really low dose of a different medication a um, landsnzapine and it has I'm able to sleep but I' also have my 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 creativity so I've got like 85 percent of my creativity that I had before awesome. I don't come up with all the ideas that I had um, but I'm also not an asshole. Yeah. To my family, yeah. so there's there's that as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm a much better dad. I'm a much better father. My my, my relationships in general are more, are more effective, and I'm able to do more stuff. So I don't. It's tough to explain, it's gross. Uh, but it's yeah, gross, I mean, you, you, you kind of talked, you touched on it a little bit, and I just wanted to, to dive into it because mm-hmm. I haven't talked about it, but really anybody else for the most part, so might as well. Yeah, definitely.
1: Cool. Yeah, Yeah, this is the best place to talk about it. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's growth though, for sure. Yeah. It's awesome that you actually took the time to go, you know, Mm -hmm. and 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 better yourself and put yourself in a position where you're you're learning from a therapist, Mm -hmm. you know. Because, you know, it's fight or flight, and you chose to fight. You chose the fight sure. a situation, which is respectable. Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: And you only know what you know, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you, if, if I want to get physically fit, I've never worked out before. Do I want to do it on my own, or should I go to a a a, a, a pro mm-hmm. who works out all the time and who studied to go to school to teach people how to lift weights? Mm-hmm. So that's I mean, that's what you're gonna do. You're you're, you're hopefully. If you're first getting into working out, um, you would go to that type of person. So it's the same thing with mental health, but mental health, if I want to work out, um, my brain, or if I want to start trying to be healthier mentally, I, I'm going to go to someone who studied and, and got their degree or, or even multiple degrees in mental health. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, it made it made a big impact again. Less of asshole in general. <laughs> That's always better, close. <laughs> better dad, better husband, happier in general, getting more fulfillment out of life. And I wish my, I knew that as a 24 year old. Mm-hmm. But again, you know what you know exactly. But hey, it's been hour and a half ish. Nice. Uh, do do uh, you have anything else that you wanted to? Got nothing going. All there. right. Well, cool, man. Hey, thanks for joining. Was this, this was fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I feel like this is the most organic conversation that I've, that I've had thus far. Cool. Uh, it, it it was a lot of fun. You did great. And appreciate you hopping on. Uh, people can if they if they're listening in, uh, Cameron who? Cameron who? On Instagram. And then you said
1: you had a website. I got well. a web, uh, the website's linked. Yeah. Oh, it's linked on, it's your, linked your, 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 on your Instagram. Instagram. Yep, yeah, contact info, all that stuff is on there. Okay, well, yeah. sounds
0: good. Right, Cameron, thanks again, buddy. I'm a lot get of fun. To That
1: superior question, though. Was it? The oh yeah! Thank questions. Jesus <laughs> every <laughs>
0: time. Oh, yes, thank man. You. I yes. just,
1: I genuinely don't know, you know, because it's got to be somebody in the Marvel universe. I have to say, I think I'm going to say Thor. Okay. I think my opinion is really based on Chris Hemsworth's performance of him, yeah, in recent movies, you know he's got the comedy aspect to it, he's literally a god, the god of thunder,, mm-hmm. but he's got that real person aspect to him with the humor you know what i mean charisma charisma (laughs) smooth talk yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) for sure like it's a good guy he's a funny guy uh they got a new movie coming out in june and i'm very excited really
0: with with thor yeah
1: thor love and thunder um you know Ah. uh, natalie portman from the original movies yeah She's gonna be making a comeback. Okay. And there's uh, speculation that she's going to be She-Thor, or She Thor, Lady Lady Thor, Thor, Thor S. I don't know what they call her in the comics. But.
0: Yeah, but man. After I had kids, actually, when I started playing rugby, I stopped watching sports. I stopped watching movies as much because I was so focused on playing rugby mm. uh, that I stopped really paying attention to other things in general. Was just that, that was it. This is what I want to do. I mm-hmm. want to be on the national team. We'll go to the Olympics. Didn't yeah. work out. Yeah. But I still got to compete at a really high level for a long time. That's awesome. It was a lot of fun. Uh, oh, well, it's almost 4 o'clock p- p- before I get sidetracked again. Uh, good answer as far as Thor goes. And I uh, appreciate you bringing that back up. Yeah, because yeah, I totally sure. lost it again. It's been Radio in the back State. of my mind. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, everybody. Hill Country Tech Guys offer best-in-class support and aim to provide a world-class customer experience for each and every one of our clients. We offer managed IT support, cybersecurity tools and consultation, along with the ability to handle all of your project or infrastructure needs. If you are interested in learning more, please visit our website, YouTube, or social media pages.